Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. Stanislav Petrov is a hero. He kept millions from being killed. Wars have begun for some crazy reasons. Greece once fought a war because someone was chasing a dog. The U.S. and England almost fought a war over someone killing a pig. Misunderstandings can have huge consequences. During the period known as the Cold War, the United States and the Soviet Union stood ready to destroy each other, and it would have taken less than an hour. Each side had radars, satellites, and cameras watching day and night, watching for any hint their enemy was attacking. One day in 1983, the alarm sounded in the early warning system of the Soviets. America was attacking. Many missiles had been launched and were about to destroy Moscow. But one man, Stanislav Petrov, did not believe it. It did not make any sense, and he chose not to retaliate. He waited for confirmation. It was soon discovered that the satellite had malfunctioned and given a false reading. So Stanislav Petrov prevented a war, a war that would have killed millions. Our Father, who is in heaven, your name is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This may be the most abused and misunderstood part of the Bible. This prayer is often repeated verbatim with no consideration of what Jesus was saying or the context. We are going to take a moment and consider it beyond the common use, beyond the meaningless repetition. Consider the beginning of this section where Jesus says that the actions of a person are only a part of the equation. This section begins with the word danger. We use this word when high-voltage electricity or deadly poison is nearby. Jesus says something is threatening and damaging enough to use this very strong word. But what is it? In the context of the mountain sermon, he has been talking about being a part of the nation of God, the kingdom where Jesus is the eternal king. But in this moment, he says danger. There are things that can threaten that. Jesus says the danger is when we only consider actions, but not the reasons behind them. He specifically uses the idea of doing the right thing for the wrong reason, to be seen and admired by others. So the danger he speaks of is within ourselves, our heart, our values, our motives are the threat. This is completely within keeping with the beginning of this lesson where the heart of a person is the subject. You remember, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they who mourn. Motives are a part of that. It is important to see this passage within the context of the mountain sermon. All of this has been a challenge to change the heart, not just the actions. And he asks not just, are you doing the right thing, but also, why are you doing it? This is religion at its most intimate and personal. But contrast that with how the Lord's Prayer is often used. It is often an impersonal 
recitation, without meaning or intent. Jesus warns against this very thing. He says prayers are not just words to repeat over and over again, and they are not magic spells. Jesus tells them that they would find that in a pagan temple, priests promising health or fortune, if you said the words the correct way. But instead of thinking about this as something to just be repeated over and over again, consider it as an outline, as a list of priorities. Jesus uses this to answer some basic questions about prayer. Who do we address? Why do they care? What should be the priority, not just in the prayer itself, but in our own heart? So let's begin. Our Father. As Jesus teaches us to pray, he begins with this phrase, Our Father. This describes a relationship that is close and personal. This is addressing someone that knows us, knows our history, knows our needs, knows our failures, knows our fears, and yet still loves us. As we begin with this phrase, this is not a petition to an aloof being, but calling out to someone that cares about us and always has. But that is not the only statement of our relationship here. The second phrase brings our minds to the reality that as we pray, we are addressing the God of heaven. Remember when we discussed Psalm 19 and the opening there that says, the heavens declare the glory of God. We are speaking to him. These two thoughts need to be reconciled in our mind as we pray. Our words go to someone that knows us and cares about us and one that has power to do something about what we need or what we fear. Our God sits at the center of everything, and he wants to know what we have to say. But we must also understand the position that we occupy. That is the next statement, as he says, Hallowed is your name, or some versions read, Holy is your name. One of the innovations of modern medicine is the ability to perform many different types of surgery or operations, and to do so successfully. Part of that success is due to the practice of cleaning and sterilizing the instruments that are used. That was not always the case. Even as late as the American Civil War, surgical instruments were used over and over again, used on many different patients without even being wiped off. That thought horrifies us today because we have a clear understanding of how infection can be spread if a scalpel or a clamp is not sterile. We take special care of those surgical tools. They would not be used to peel an apple. They are set aside for a purpose and are considered separate, reserved for a very important purpose. The idea of holy is like that. The things that are holy are not for common use. In this case, Jesus says that the mention of the God of heaven should not be thrown around like any common idea or word, but held in special regard, reserved for very important things. So the Lord's Prayer begins with three ideas. We are bringing our words to someone who knows us very well and loves us. Someone with the power and authority to act upon our words and needs. 
and must be regarded in such high esteem that any mention should never be trivial or common. He loves, he reigns, and he is holy. The first petition or request of the prayer is not about ourselves. Jesus says that the first priority should be that the message of God continues to be spread. What concerns and efforts are being made to speak to people about the message of hope and peace? Are we bringing our mind and energy to that effort? Jesus says we should make that a priority. After all, Jesus will give his life for that message of hope. The message should impact how we live and think. The will of God, we have been calling it the rightness of God, goes outward and changes lives, and that should matter to us. We could elaborate on this idea of the will of God going outward. Is the message getting to people that are looking and searching for the God of heaven? Is the message the pure gospel and not corrupted? This part of the prayer is a reflection of what we are seeking as well. Do the people of God matter to us? Jesus speaks of daily bread. There have been plenty of times where people literally were starving to death, and the bread spoken of here meant just that, addressing to God that we need food. But often it can mean so much more just by asking, what do you need today? Maybe what you need today is a job. That is your daily bread. Maybe what you need today is help with your marriage. That is your daily bread. Maybe it is patience in dealing with your children. That is your daily bread. Jesus says, whatever you are in need of at this moment, this day, bring those concerns to the Father that loves you and the God that rules and reigns. What do you fear? Tell your Father in heaven. What is so wonderful, you need to tell someone. Don't forget to tell your Father in heaven. What important crossroads are you facing? Tell the God of all wisdom. Daily bread is all of these things and so much more. How sad that it is often reduced to a muttered or meaningless phrase. Jesus then speaks of forgiveness. There are three times that Jesus speaks of acting in the exact way that meets our need as well. In the introduction, he told us to be merciful so that we can know mercy ourselves. Later in the mountain sermon, he would talk about judgment in a similar way. But in this prayer, he speaks of being forgiven as we forgive others. But what part of the statement is the hard part? And what are we truly asking? If God has said that forgiveness is possible, we do not need to strengthen God's resolve or commitment to that. So much of this sermon has been about the inner person, the heart of the citizen of God. This part of the prayer is not asking God to forgive us, but for God's help so that we can forgive others. That is often a very hard thing. We have been betrayed and harmed, but with God's help, we can forgive. We have been slandered and humiliated, but we can learn to forgive with God's help. The prayer is pleading for God's help in this most difficult and personal task, letting go and forgiving those that have hurt us. It is a huge task, but the God of heaven can help if we ask. 
However, every day we can be distracted from the goal of being that citizen in the kingdom of Jesus. But we can ask for help. Instead of feeling overwhelmed, we ask God to protect our heart from the anger, the worry, or the fears that can pull us away. Jesus will talk more about that in the next section, but know this. Jesus teaches us how to think about prayer, not words to repeat. Jesus teaches us that we are known and we are cared for, not simply phrases to mindlessly mutter. This is about the God that loves us and is powerful and is holy. He has a message and a cause that we can be a part of, and we should care about it as well. What are we caring about right now? What is our worry at this moment? What is important to us is important to God, and we need to share it. Forgiveness is vital, and it depends on our forgiving others. So, let God help. Don't be swept away in the temptations around us, but ask for God to be our shield and guide. Stanislav Petrov could have done the easy thing and just repeated his orders condemning millions to die by the horrors of nuclear war. Instead, he waited until he could say that he understood the real situation and acted to save lives. He wants to know what we have to say. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.